Welcome to Island Baptist Church. Bill's lesson today is in Luke chapter 11, titled, The Last Sign. Good morning and welcome and happy Easter, Resurrection Day to all of you. We're going to be in Luke chapter, four, chapter 12, chapter, I'm sorry, chapter 11, I'm going to count them down here. Chapter 11 is where we are, where we have been as a church, and we're there today, even on Easter Sunday, because it's got an Easter message for us. Luke 11, we're going to be down in verse 14 in just a bit. Tell you a story about a group of people who are going to be key to our message today, key to the passage today. And uh, this group of people, some of the worst people that have ever lived, uh, heinous people horrible people, evil people, cruel people. They make all the, they hold all the records, if you will. Nobody's beating them for how evil they are, how cruel, how uh, just debased and uh, completely pagan. Uh, they were not a small group of people. They were called the Assyrians. You may have heard of them. They ruled a good part of the ancient world. Their largest city, Nineveh, had more than 200,000 people in it. So it was not talking about just a, a gang, if you will. We're talking about a massive group of people. They were terrible. Uh, if they came to your city or they came to your country to conquer it, and they most often would conquer it, they would first of all offer you terms of peace, which seems like a really nice thing. But what you need to know is if you give in to their terms of peace, you will die a slave. That was their, that was their policy. If you, didn't, if you capitulated before they got there, they would have different terms for you, but if they had to march on you, then they would make, make sure you were a slave. If you did not give in, and they conquered you, and they almost certainly would, they would kill every last one of you. Women, children, old, young, made no difference. And then as a record to how great they are and how cruel they were, they would make trophies out of your bones and your teeth. And they would skin you and tan your hide. And it was the most fashionable clothing of the day in Assyria, especially Nineveh, was the hide of someone of your enemies. They would upholster their furniture. with their, Killed a lot of them, by the way, so you kind of had a lot of leather to go around, if you will. Yeah. I tell you about these people because you need to know them because you're going to get to know them if you plan to go to heaven because there's going to be a bunch of them there. As shocking as it may seem, this group of people, as horrible as they are, are going to be in heaven today because God sent them a sign. They followed that sign. They repented, turned to faith in God, and God forgave them. They're going to be with you. If that's happened to you, if you've turned to God in faith, trust in Christ, you're going to get to know these people. So I just want to introduce you to some of your buddies up there. I remind you of this. Heaven's not, you know, doesn't belong to you. There's going to be some people up there saying, I wonder how she got here. The same as you're going to say about the Assyrians. How, what are they doing there? They're there by the grace of God just like anybody else. What happened to them was that they saw a sign and they turned. And that's all it takes uh, is a sign for you and I to follow it, that is. And it immediately, if we follow the right sign, will spring us out of the road that's headed to hell and on the road permanently that's headed to heaven if we'll just simply listen. And we're going to be list, looking today at a particular sign. There's a lot of signs. There's crazy signs, like this one. I'm not up. Hello. Hello. Somebody. Oh, no. I'm not working. That's the problem. Sorry. 
I think I'm I think I'm frozen here, y'all. Hang on, let's see. Yep, totally froze. Hang on. Escape. Oh, it's it's me, Greg. Nope. It was me. Hang on. The whole dramatic effect just went out. <laughs> now let's try it. That one. Ah. How about that? That's a crazy sign. Although I will say, if that's true, it is cheap, isn't it? I... $15.95. And there's other signs that are misleading, like this one. Yeah, there's a lot of thought in that one. It's in Europe, by the way. They don't speak English. See the other sign over there? That's, I think that's Dutch. How about this one? That's pretty useless. The Pakistan Narcotics Control Board. Notice the hedge that's in front of it? Sort of, yeah. And then there's some signs that are just plain weird. I put this one in the category of the senior citizens before. So again, if this is true, this is cheap. There's a, they're, they're having a run on these right now. So signs can be all kinds of things, but there is one sign that we're going to talk about today, that if you heed it, in fact, Jesus says not only is it an important sign, it is the last sign. God is not sending another one. If you're the kind of person that's looking for a sign from God, let me just tell you something. He's not sending anymore. So he's given us a final sign. And that final sign literally is life or death, heaven or hell. If you heed it, you will be off the road. The only way to get off the road is to heed this sign. If you heed it, you will get off the road that is headed to hell, and you'll be on the road, guaranteed, headed to heaven. And we're going to be looking at that sign today, but first of all, we need to back up and, and remember where we are. We're in chapter 11, verse 14. And Jesus is performing this miracle as he did many, 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 many times, casting out demons. And one of these occasions, this is what took place. If you've been with us now for, I guess, three weeks now, we've been looking at the same verses, but we're going to look at a different twist of it. He was casting out a demon, and it was dumb. It caused the guy not to be able to speak. And it came about then, when the demon had gone out, the dumb man spoke, and the multitudes marveled, because wow, right? But some of them said he cast out demons by Beelzebul, the ruler of demons. He effectively says he's Satan. He's just using the power of Satan. And in fact, they, they, they well, let's keep reading. And others said, put him to the test, demanding him a sign, there you go, from heaven, which is our topic today, ultimately. Remember, Jesus has banished pretty much all of Israel from all diseases. He sealed literally thousands upon thousands of anyone that got close to him, anyone that touches garments, anyone, they were all healed. He's banished uh, illness from the souls of men. He's banished, uh, uh, I'm sorry, illness from the bodies of men, demons from the souls of men. He's fed thousands upon thousands of people. He's raised the dead. He's calmed the storm. He's walked on the water so you can understand why, when they say, prove that you haven't done this, so that he's guilty before he ever, ever gets a chance. So you did all these things, you're not disputing that. Prove that you didn't do it by the power of Satan. That's the sign they're asking for. Prove it. After he'd done all these things for them. So you can understand why he says what he says. Skip down there to verse 29. Why he says what, what he says down there. He says, this generation is a wicked generation. Because it seeks for signs. Yeah. Yeah, no sign will be given it, but the sign of Jonah. What is that? So we got used rainbow sign, right? 250 bucks, like I said, I think that's a, I think that's a deal. 
What about the sign of Jonah? Is that the sign of Jonah? I couldn't find a picture of the sign of Jonah, by the way, so I just made one. So there it is. And that's Javier, and he's holding up the sign of Jonah. There you go. What is that? That's not actually the sign of Jonah. But what is it that represents that for us? What is that? Remember, the people I mentioned to you earlier, they were the people who the sign that they got was that sign. The sign of Jonah. The people who were the most wicked and horrible people, these Ninevites, these, these Assyrians, these atrocious people, the people of anybody deserved hell, it was them. But God sent them a sign, and they heeded it. And because of they heeded it and repented and turned to God, it was, they, they are now going to be in heaven with you if you're going there. And it was the sign of Jonah. What is the sign? What is it? Well, here's what you need to know. God loved the Ninevites just like he loves you. The only reason why they had a chance and why they got a sign is because God did not want them to get what they so richly deserved, just like you, just like me. He doesn't want, even though hell is a place where sinners will pay for their sins forever, because remember, sin is an eternal crime. There's no probation. There's no purgatory. There's no time off or time served or good behavior or none of that. It is a permanent crime. It's an eternal crime. Thus, hell is an eternal place. And so that's why God sent his eternal son to pay for our sins, because that's the only way it would work. So, but God sent a sign to rescue these people. God loved them just like he loves us, and, and he didn't have to do that. They didn't even ask for it. They didn't even know. But God sends them a sign so that if they heeded it, they could be rescued because he loved them. So you have God who loved them, not wanting them to get what they deserved. And then there was a man named Jonah who was the exact opposite. He very much wanted them to go to hell. I don't know what your opinion is of preachers and prophets, but you need to know something about them. They're regular people. You mess with them enough, they will go rogue on you. And Jonah definitely did. Jonah desperately wanted to see the Ninevites go to hell. In fact, I'll tell you how desperately he wanted it. He was willing to risk his whole life over it. He gave up his career. He left Israel. He got himself on a boat, headed to Tarshish, which is the opposite direction. Syria, or Nineveh's that way. Tarshish is that way. He set him, paid for his way, never planning to come back, willing to risk his life, willing to allow God to stop him if that need be, willing to die. In fact, if you know the story, there's a big storm that comes up. He tells him, throw me overboard because this is all, all for my cause. He completely expects to die. I mean, in the middle of the ocean. Not only does he fall into the ocean, he gets swallowed by a fish. I mean, he's dead, effectively. I mean, you see him get fall in the ocean in the middle of a storm, and then a giant fish swallow him, and you're like, okay, you know, let's split his stuff up. <laughs> It is over, ladies and gentlemen, that is for sure. Of course, if you know the story, he doesn't die. He stays inside of this fish for three days and three nights, and then gets spit up on the land. So God negotiates, let's just say that, with Jonah. He says, let's talk about this. You don't want to go? Let's have a conversation of how bad I can make it for you so that you will want to go. And so that's what he does. Here was the negotiation. I will allow this fish to spit you up if you will go back and preach to these Ninevites, whom you hate. And so that's exactly what happened. Jonah agreed with it, and so the fish spits him up on dry land, and Jonah goes and preaches the truth to these people, and, and they repent, exactly what Jonah didn't want them to do. But God negotiates really well, though. Let me just say this as, as a fair warning to you. If you have a mission from God, make sure you carry it out. He's a very good negotiator. He will get your attention. You belong to him. There's no running from him. Jonah can testify to this today. In fact, his story very much does. 
So Jonah got vomited up on the shore, went immediately to the Ninevites, and uh, they repented from God because of the sign of Jonah. Sign. What was the sign? Like a guy gets split up on the beach and says, I got a message from God. That's a sign. You, go, you need a bigger sign than that? Like I said, this is just representative here. You need a bigger sign? Of course not. So let me ask you something. Do you think God is serious? Do you think hell is a real place? Do you think sin is really an eternal crime? Do you think that you can alleviate yourself from going there if you repent and turn to Christ? Listen, if you follow God's sign, you will. If you follow his sign, you will. Notice what it says here again. The sign of Jonah, verse 29. No, 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 nothing will be given to it, Jesus says. This generation is a wicked generation. It seeks for a sign, and yet no sign shall be given it but the sign of Jonah. The last sign, the final sign, there's not another sign that's going to be given to us. Like I said, you're walking down the beach this afternoon, and this gigantic fish comes up on the shore, throws up a human being <laughs> who's got covered in stomach contents, partially digested clothing, smells like, mm, his skin is probably as white as a sheet of paper there in your Bible because he's been in stomach juices for more than three days. And he comes and looks right at you and says, I've got a word from God for you. Do you listen to him? <laughs> I think I would. That's a really big sign. I'm not really sure if God's speaking to me. That one is a massive one. If you can't get that one, you can't get nothing. How do these people repent exactly like that? This guy had no heart for them. He didn't love them at all. And yet God negotiated with him, and boom, they had a sign, and their hearts were changed. Well, the sign we're going to consider today, the sign I'm going to speak to you about is this final sign, the sign of the prophet Jonah. It's more impressive even than Jonah. It's more foreboding even more because it is the last sign. In fact, Jesus tells us here, he tells us what, what exactly it is. Notice what it says here. He, here's another portion of this story that we just read. And evil, is, it, ends, it, it begins the same way, it ends differently. An evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign, and no sign will be given to it. There it is, except the sign of the prophet Jonah. Now he's going to explain it to us here. What is that sign? For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a great fish. Notice Jesus doesn't think this is a fairy tale. We read the Bible and we think, oh, this stuff isn't true. Well, you're welcome to think whatever you want. But I want to make it very clear, Jesus didn't hold it as a fairy tale. He held it as absolute facts. Just like he was, in other words, he equivocates his time in the grave, as we're going to see, and his resurrection to the same time as Jonah being side a fish and being vomited out on the beach. He equivocates the two, exactly the same time period. Just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a great fish, so will the Son of Man, speaking of himself, be three days in three nights in the heart of the earth. That's the sign. What is the sign? Jesus' death and resurrection. It's the final sign. God's not sinning anymore. I'm not saying God doesn't speak to us. I'm not saying there aren't things that leave, but if you're looking for a real sign of whether what's happening after this, is there really a heaven and hell? Is there really eternity? Can a person's life, can a person really go to heaven or really go to hell? Listen, he's given you a final sign sign. Just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a fish, so will Jesus. So was Jesus. Three days and three nights in the belly of the earth. No longer. 
He resurrected. We celebrate his resurrection today, Easter Sunday. Jesus is alive today. In fact, he's seated at the right hand of the Father. He's deciding who goes to heaven and hell. You need to heed his sign. Listen to him. You may think it's very cut and dry, by the way. He gives us no other sign. There's not another one. There's not another stop sign. There's not another uh, turnaround sign. There's not another dead end sign. He's not sending anymore. He's not sending them. And that may seem cut and dry. Well, why doesn't God send more? Doesn't God love people? Yes, he does. It's not cut and dry, especially when you realize the final sign was the end of almost 500 signs that he sent. Are you familiar with the name David Greenglass? Got any real American historians here? David Greenglass, especially you young ones, you need to know this story. Do you, know, you don't know him, but what you need to know is that your last, the past almost 80 years of American history have been shaped by the decisions he made to, to our detriment. He's not famous. He's infamous, infamous. He's the guy, David Greenglass, who sold our nuclear secrets to the USSR at the end of World War II. Now you know him. Well, you know what he did. You know the results. If anybody's lived through the nuclear arms race and the armament that's been going on, the Cold War and all that stuff, all because of David. And I'm not saying they couldn't have gotten the secrets some other way, but David made sure that he did. He sold them to them. And then he fled to Mexico, Mexico City. And he contacted, well, the Russian government had already been in contact with him, but they set up some signs for him to follow. They were going to give him a passport to be able to immigrate into Russia, but only if they knew he was who he is. There was lots of you know, espionage and lots of spying going on between our two nations. And, and so they gave David Greenglass a particular list of things that he had. In fact, six particular things. First of all, when he arrived in Mexico City, he was to write a note to the ambassador of the Russian consulate. And he was to sign, whatever he said in that note, he was to sign his name as I. Jackson. He was one of the Jacksons, you know. <laughs> and then after three days, he was not to do anything. He was to count all three days from writing that note. And he was going to go to the Plaza de Colón, which is right there in Mexico City, which is a big statue of Columbus. So the second thing, he was the first to note, then secondly, to go to the Plaza de Colón, and then to stand in front of the statue of Columbus. And then he was to take out a guidebook, and he was going to put his middle, I'm not going to show you my middle finger, but he was to put his middle finger in the guidebook. He was to stand there looking at this uh, big statue. That was the fourth thing that he was supposed to do. And then the fifth thing he was supposed to do, if he was approached, he was supposed to say over and over again, isn't this a magnificent statue? These are five things. Then the sixth thing he was supposed to do, if he was asked, he was to tell him his name was I. Jackson and that he was from Oklahoma. And if all these things came together, they were going to hand him a passport to the USSR, and that's exactly what they did. Because how would they know who he is? So how many of you have passwords? How many of you have a password to your passwords? Chuck, where's Chuck? Chuck, you need to talk to our buddy Chuck back there. Oh, he's our IT guy. He, he will have a cow. You don't have a password to your passwords? You don't have them locked somewhere? You don't have them sunk in a lead case offshore? <laughs> Come on. You're going to get found out, aren't you? How would they possibly know that this guy is who he is? Well, they gave him six things that he had to complete perfectly, and if they didn't come together, he got no passport. Of course, he had no asylum, and then, you know, who knows what was going to happen to him. So interesting 
took six things only that they would know exactly who David Greenglass was. I say that because I say this. Jesus gives us a final sign. It's you say, well, that's only one. Listen, it's the last of 457 signs from the Old Testament that Jesus fulfilled every one of them. So, well, this just cut and dry. Why would he, cut? Why would he make this final? I would think after 457 signs, the final one should be enough. It should be enough. But even with that, you would think, well, 456, I mean, he should, he should have cut it off there. Well, he didn't, because he loves us, because he loves you. His final sign was that he would die, and after three days, he would resurrect. Do you believe it? Because God is not sending another one. It is the final one. It'll be final. It's final in the sense of God doing it. It'll also be the final one for you, whether you take it or leave it, because there's not another one coming. And it will finalize everything for you, because God speaks to this very clearly here in Acts chapter 17, verse 31. God has set a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness. Do you believe that? It's not a floater out there. It's not, oh, it could happen, but God's just delaying it and he's putting it off. No! Scripture doesn't teach that. It's a set day. Do you believe that you will stand in front of God someday and answer for the decisions you've made in this life? If you believe that, then follow the sign. Because here's the sign. He will judge the world in righteousness through a man whom he has appointed, having furnished proof to all people by raising him from the dead. The final sign. It's the last one. God is serious about sin. God is serious about how much he loves you. And wants to forgive you. But you've got to follow the sign. You've got to heed it. You've got to listen to it. And here, here's the interesting thing. Let's go back to, to where we were here in Luke chapter 11. The interesting thing is, is that that horrible people I told you about before. The horrible people who certainly deserved hell. But who were not going there. Who were not there today. Because God sent them a sign. And they heeded it. They listened. These horrible people who you would never be like. You never imagine being as evil as these people were. These horrible people, if you don't follow God's final sign, Jesus' resurrection, they will testify. In, this, in that judgment, they will testify against you. Look at verse 32, chapter 11. The men of Nineveh shall stand up with this generation at the judgment and condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonah and behold, something greater than Jonah is here. That's a massive sign. you got a guy, like I said, dripping in fish goo, telling you he's got a word from God. If he was going to ever go listen to a sign, it would be then. And Jesus says, this is a greater sign. That God's Son, Jesus Christ, would become a man so that he could die and pay for our sins. So that he could take his sins, our sins, upon himself. So, so that we wouldn't have to pay for our sins. That all we have to do is place our faith in him, trust him, simply believe in Jesus, trust him as your only way out of here, your only, for, only way of forgiveness. Have you done that? It's not a religious decision, not a Baptist decision, it's a Bible decision, it's a God decision. The signs, all of them, point to this. Do you believe? Will you follow the signs? You probably remember, or some of you, December 26, 2004, day after Christmas, largest earthquake 
One of the largest ever recorded in the world was recorded offshore in the Indian Ocean, 9.1 on the Richter scale. Created a tidal wave, a tsunami of more than 100 feet, traveling at 500 miles per hour, covered over 15, like 1,500 miles of, of ocean uh, shoreline. Deadliest tsunami ever, for sure, in history, killing over 227,000 people. Remember that one? Something else. Interesting part of this story is that you may not realize there was a group of people that lived right almost at the epicenter of this where the waves were the highest who even though all the people around them pretty much died if they were on the shoreline, these people didn't lose a single person. They were a group of people called the Moken people. The Moken people are boat people. They live on boats. Now they dock on the land and they get off on the land and they have crops and stuff and they have holdings on land but when they go to bed at night they go bed on their boats. Their kids are raised on boats their children are taught to swim before they can ever, ever walk. Uh, because of the, they are so exposed to the water by the time they're an adult, when a child is so exposed to the water, uh, when they're an adult, they can literally see better underwater than you and I can with a pair of goggles on. Uh, they hold by far the world record uh, being able to hold your breath underwater, this group of people. They're very unique people. The Moken people are sea people. They're water people. They're familiar with the water, they live on the sea, they live off the sea, they hand fish, they go dive down, uh, they do all kinds of crazy things in the water, but it wasn't their gift of the sea so much as their understanding of the sea that delivered them from the trouble that happened back there in 2004. It's why everybody else was partying on the beach and doing all the kind of stuff, the Moken people began to look around and say, something's not right. Here's their own words. The signs that they saw, first of all, they noticed that the birds stopped chirping, they said. Birds don't do that. You've been there on the seagulls. They're the loudest things in the world. they got a bunch of them over there. They all of a sudden stop. The cicadas, which are real common over there, stop making their noises. The elephants, they noticed, started walking inshore. And the dolphins that usually stayed around their boats started heading offshore. And the Moken people started noticing that the water where it normally hits the shore had gone down about four inches and was continuing to recede. So they got on their boats. They put offshore. There were all kinds of boat people around in that area, but no one knew the sea like the Mokens did. And they got all of their people and anyone they could warn, and they got them as far offshore as they possibly could. And about 30 minutes later, whammo. They lost no one. Why? Because they knew the signs. Signs were there. Everybody, if they had paid attention, if they knew, everybody could have been delivered, but no. No. So the signs were there, but they were not necessarily followed. And like I said, almost 300,000 people lost their lives as a result of it. Have you been able to see the signs? The signs are here. God has given us very powerful signs. Here we are 2,000 later, 2,000 years later, after the event. And we're still talking about it. We're going to continue to talk about it. Because it is the only solution. This life is soon going to be over for you. What's going to happen? I mean, to say this to you, if, you're not, if you think you know something outside the Scriptures, you don't know. You're really lying to yourself. No one knows the answers except for God, and He's given us. How has He given it to us? By signs. He's spoken to us. He's given us life and salvation. And that salvation comes through His Son, Jesus Christ. He's proven that. Proven it by raising Him from the dead. I want to ask if you would bow your heads and close your eyes with me. I'll talk to you just for a few more seconds. Would you follow the signs?
that God has given to you, would you follow them? He's not sinning anymore. This one final sign, he didn't have to do it. He didn't have to send his son. It wasn't necessary. It wasn't incumbent upon him. We didn't ask him. Not any more than Ninevites asked Jonah to come to their city. But God found the reason within himself. Because he loves you. Because he loves me. He sent Jesus. And he sent him to die on a cross. And to stay buried for three days. And he raised him from the dead on the third day to prove that he is the Savior. To prove that what he offers to you and me is absolutely the truth. Now it remains for us to accept it. Would you accept the everlasting life that God has paid so dearly for you to have? Would you be willing to accept it today? You can do that through a simple prayer, a simple prayer of faith that just says something to the effect of, God, I want this. God, forgive me. God, I, I repent of what I thought would save me, of what I thought I was supposed to be, what the world said I could be. I turn from these things, God, today, and I turn to you. Because you're a forgiving God. If you could forgive the Ninevites, if they're in heaven today, then you can forgive me. God, I thank you that you are a merciful God. I thank you for the resurrection of your son. I thank you for not leaving us without signs, without warnings. I pray, God, help us to heed these signs. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for visiting. Find us at www.islandbaptistchurch.org.